You move me like no one else could move me. So I hope you choose me to write our song. So many people have tweeted and sent messages of support, and you you, you sort of say thank you or whatever. But like those kinds of messages really did. I think that, that those, those kinds of messages saved my life yesterday. You know, and you, I feel like thank you just. Thank you isn't even close to enough, um, but but thank you though. Honestly, I really do appreciate that. So, if people don't know what we're talking about, you sat down and penned. I've got goosebumps. Penned the most incredible open letter, and when I was reading it, I felt like this sounds like a Sam Smith song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tell us about the letter. I mean, for somebody that doesn't know what we're talking about, I mean, should we start by saying take us back to 2011? Yeah, I this is my first year at UCT, and. Everybody always says at university, it's supposed to be the best years of your life, and it's where you find yourself or whatever. And that is what happened to me, but I, I didn't like what I found. And so university turned out to be the worst, like the worst years of my life. I fell in love for the first time, and it was with a man, and I was so confused. And, and I came from a community that was really homophobic, and so... I didn't want that for myself, you know. I didn't want to disappoint my family and my friends. And you sort of had this preconceived notion of what you want your life to turn out like. And me falling in love with a man just wasn't in that plan. I, I'm such a methodical person. I Everything needs to be planned. Everything, I've got the next five years of my life planned out to the T. And this completely just screwed up my plans. And it just made me so depressed and it made me so angry. I became somebody that I really hated. I became so mean. I was a terrible son to my mother and a really bad friend to my friends because when you don't like yourself, you become so insecure and you become so angry. And I was just angry all the time. And so, yeah, university was just really hard for me. I so badly wish that I could go back and just change the way I treated myself because I feel like I missed out on some really important years of my life because I, I feel like I was an autopilot for those three years. How did that affect your mental health? I mean, I can't imagine that one must have been a nice space to be a horrible son and an unreliable friend and looking in the mirror and hating yourself because that's what you've been conditioned to believe. Yeah, it, it was hard. I think coming from a family with mental health issues, I things are harder for me in any case, you know, like regardless of what they are. I, I'm not the kind of person who can deal with things easily and so... This just, well, for some people, even, um, you know, having to be in the closet, it can be hard. It was so much harder for me because of mental health. My family has a record of suicide and mental health, particularly the men. My dad committed suicide and I was three. Um, some very close family members of mine did the same. And so I think that was sort of the, this was the way that it affected me and my mental health in like particular and it was really really hard and university is hard enough as it is and then to feel all alone and have to deal with university and making sure you succeed uh, I was really good at my academics I was a top student at my high school and so my mom loved that about me and I just wanted to make her happy so I had to try so much harder to get myself to actually study at university so that I don't screw that up within my mind I'm thinking I'm gay, and that's really going to kill my mother. The least I can do is be smart. I was, I, I had to find all these other things to validate my existence because I didn't feel like I was good enough just being the way I was. So how was that conversation with her? Uh, it was hard at first. I, I almost selfishly hoped that she would just be happy with it from the beginning. But, you know, she tried, both of us tried. She 
was sad more than anything, and that was even harder for me. I think I would have it would have been easier for me had she been angry, but she wasn't angry. She was just sad. She was sad about the way she thought people would treat me. She was sad about the fact that she didn't think I'd have a family. She was sad about the fact that I might not be able to give her grandkids. She was sad about the fact that she thought she had done something wrong. She was sad about the fact that she thought maybe it was my father's passing that made me gay. She said things that like a lot of people say she wanted me to go for therapy, she wanted me to change and then we just didn't speak about it again for a really long time. Until one day when as I said in Lisa I, I hit rock bottom and I think my mom got a fight when we spoke and I think I she'd never see me sob the way that I sobbed and I think it scared her and she was like, Okay, something is really wrong and I mean, my mom loves me. My mom loves me more than anything in the world. And I think for her to see how much pain I was in, having gone through so much pain in her life, she just knew that she had to support me going forward. And she's had my back ever since. I, <laughs> I could tell her when I sat her down yesterday to tell her, or the day before to tell her that I was going to do this again. I just said, please stay with social media because she was ready to just jump and attack anybody <laughs> with anything negative to say about me. So. Don't mess with a mother, mate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we've got a we've got a new radio drama on East Coast Radio that um, follows the life of a gay Indian man who grew up in a very religious home. And you know, we've been chatting around issues of this exact same thing. And I asked him if he had watched um, Nanette by the comedian um, Hannah Gatsby. And have you watched it, Craig? No, um. Please, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. It is some of the most profound work you will find. And she okay. speaks about how growing up as a gay woman and when her and her mom eventually had a conversation, her mom apologized for not being there. And she said to her, I had hoped you would change because I knew that the world wouldn't. Yeah. And for me, that is just, it's power. It is absolutely, the conversation that we're having now is so needed. Something has to change. Yeah. And, you know, you started off the conversation by talking about the acceptance. I mean, how important is it to you to have people that love your music accept who you love? It is. It's super important. And just on my mom, I almost prefer that she wasn't happy about it at first. Because I I saw her actively try and change her mind. And I think that's really hard for somebody. You know, you've been conditioned to think a certain way your whole life. Mm. And I mean, our parents come from a time that's different to now. And I saw her actively try and change the way she felt and thought about the situation. I saw her not only now accept me, but actively try and accept my boyfriend and, and gay people in particular. You know, she... It goes against the religious beliefs, but she set, she set that aside because she saw that like you, you can't hate love. And when my mom, two days ago, she just again expressed concern about how it might affect my career and whatever. And I asked her, do you not think, I just like, had one question, I was like, do you not think my talent is enough? And she's like, you know what, your talent is absolutely enough. And I just hope that that's the case. I, I just want people to love my music. I'm a singer and I'm a songwriter and that's, <laughs> that's some of the very few things I'm good at and that's all I want to do and so many people have told me that we literally don't care your music is good and we are so happy that you did this because we feel like your music is only going to get better from here out and that's what it was about for me it's an interesting and it's a hypothetical question but do you think you would have won the voice essay if you'd come out I think I would have Yes, uh, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have. I think I would have been even better than than I was. I I feel like people would have been mean, but the mean people are always the loudest, but they the fewest. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like, people saying things at the time, like, you have to be in the closet so that people can vote for you or whatever. Those, those are little seeds that you plant in your own mind and you start becoming paranoid. I, one of my friends from Voice, he's from Durban, in fact, really, um, he was on the voice with me. He was my roommate for such a long time. And he called me yesterday. Like, I cannot believe that you did not tell me. And he said he loved me and whatever. And it was strange because I thought that he would be against it. And at the time, I kept it from him. And he could see that I wasn't being myself. And we, I remember one evening, he got so frustrated. He's like, why won't you open up to me? Because he was so open about his life. Mm. So you, even if you knew that people would have accepted you, you, you sort of still kept to yourself because it was, it was a self-hatred thing. And it, made it, it was easy for me to say that. I was scared of what people would say, but it was actually just me being scared to say it out loud because if I said it out loud, it would be jail again. Mm. And I think actually the voice putting me back in the closet was, it was, it was a thing on my own. I, I'd come out in 2016 with only to a few people, but to the, to the broader public at my job, I was still in the closet. So I don't think I'd fully accepted myself at the time. So the second time around, it's real. I can't take it back, you know? Don't take it back. You're beautiful. All right. So, so what advice would you tell or say to somebody that is living, feeling like they are they are not okay just because of who they choose to love? Yeah, I I, I think the only thing I can say is I cannot forget yourself. I duly forgot. I've forgotten every good quality about myself. I know that I'm a good person. You know, and I know that I'm kind. And it might even come across as conceited. Like I know that I'm talented. I know that I'm intelligent. Do not forget these things. You are the sum total of all your good qualities. You know, your sexuality literally is the tiniest thing. I, I feel like just constantly remind yourself, even when you don't believe it. Stand in the mirror, say it to yourself every single day, so that you don't forget. It's really hard to to overcome self hatred and all those things. Mm. But just, just do not forget to surround yourself with people that will remind you. You need to hear these things out loud. And I fully believe that words that power. So try to down, shout it out loud, you know. Until the day comes when you become strong enough to, to be who you truly are. But just don't, don't forget yourself. Don't make yourself feel any less than I. You don't get to choose your sexuality. And if anybody puts you down for your sexuality, if a straight person puts you down, for being gay. They didn't choose to be straight. So they are taking something that they did not work for to make themselves feel superior to you. So they've got no leg to stand on. So yeah, you didn't choose your sexuality. It's, there's nothing you can do about it. It's not your fault. But what you can do is choose to be kind. You can choose to be a good person. And nobody can take that away from you. Craig, Lucas, shine on my brother. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for a letter that I feel is just so important to have been written and to have been heard. And I can't wait to hear the music that comes after this because waking <laughs> up with a free, open, liberated heart is just going to be another story altogether. The music is good. I was really, I've, I think I spent the last month, two months, just writing absolutely incredible music. Lots of love to you, Craig. Go well, my friend. Thank you okay. so much. Shorten your workday. Listen to Jane Lindley Thomas on East Coast Radio, weekday afternoons from 12 to 3 p.m.